I I like that the bedroom of your wall, wall of your bedroom. Shit. Uh, this is gonna be good. Um, I like that it has two very noticeable things. One, a map of the world, just generic. Yeah. Two, picture of a guy taking a shit holding a saxophone. John Coltrane, but yeah, yeah well done. The John Coltrane two. taking a shit holding a saxophone to you, buddy. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> it's just it's a real nice sort of picture of the Michael in his quiet place, you know. What are the two things I need to care about most that I want to put on the wall? Just picture of the earth. Okay. What's that? What do you think that is? Robbie Williams at the piano. Robin Williams at the piano. Close. Oh, that's quite good. <laughs> in, in complete blackface. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it was a different era, though. I mean, yeah. that's, that's different problems. Not career highlight. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got any uh, intro rambling topics? Uh, have I got any intro rambling topics? Have you... you? Sorry, go ahead. How, how, are you feeling? Uh, you feeling glum or something today? Not feeling glum. I'm just tired. I got oh. up early. I spent uh, three and a bit hours riding with even Grace, and then uh, went into Whitebait and spent an hour and a bit there working on Darwin and Newt stuff, and then came home. Went for a run, did some more work. No, just, yeah, it's I'm just flagging a little bit. I had a cup of tea, which might have been a mistake, because now I feel very at peace, very open and very at peace. And, and what were you before? That just means sleeping. Uh, I was quite constipated. <laughs> I would love to see you running in the park. Well, you could. You'd just, just come to Burnside Park, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. Um, I bet you run like a complete i know that you shouldn't like i'm not gonna i just <clears throat> i'm not gonna say the words <laughs> <clears throat> so do you, but, just to be clear what, do you want me to bleep that in the edit no whatever the politically correct term for <laughs> is okay like like again I'm, that's unfortunate word but yeah no but you know what i mean when i say that just stop I mean, saying the word i'm not gonna say the words <laughs> okay but it, like you know what I mean. You so know that every that time you is... do that, it adds like another <clears throat> thirty-five seconds to my edit. <laughs> Why? Because I copy and paste the like the beep clip in and shorten it and make sure it aligns properly. But why are you editing it? <laughs> Just to cover it up. Why? Because it's, it's an inappropriate thing. No, it's not. Like I said, I'm not saying that word. And then you said the word. Yeah, to tell you because I need to tell you what the word is that I'm not saying. <laughs> uh i guess my answer to all of this is uh you've touched on a sore spot for me because i did go to the physio and podiatrist because my running gait was causing me pain in the knees and so i've had to try and relearn how to run a little bit what's but, a running you know, gait uh you know like yeah the way that you run gait gait okay please go to please tell me about this in extraordinary detail I'm not convinced that you want to know this in extraordinary I detail. I very much do. So I used to be able to go for quite lengthy runs. This is probably two years ago. Um, on the, when you are playing computer games and stuff? Yeah, on, like, on World of Warcraft, online. I could just really yeah. go for really long runs. <clears throat> okay. Um, and then in the real world, I like I was running up to sort of 13Ks, like not insignificant really? runs. Yeah. Um, and then uh, it just started to hurt my knee. 
in a particular way once I got to a certain um, distance. And that really cut my running down. So I basically uh, tried to slow down. I assumed that I'd like twinge something or whatever and and had some time off running and hoped it would recover. But ever since then, it, it's still been kind of painful to do. And so eventually I went um, to the physio when it was happening repeatedly and they got me, you know, to do some leg strengthening exercises and this, that and the other. It didn't really do much. So they referred me to a podiatrist who gave me um, some inserts for my shoes, um, which did help and, and certainly makes things feel more comfortable. Um, but one of the things that they suggested uh, at that first visit was, it was actually quite impressive, the technology that the podiatrist had, but they had um, like an iPad tablet and they asked me to go for a run in the um, just in the car park, basically. And they recorded it in slow motion and, you know, running directly away from camera, directly to camera, and then also side on and, and, and other ways. And then we went upstairs and, and she was recording it in this app where it was super slow motion and she could actually like draw on the leg and, and follow like in slow motion the particular arc and motion of the um, like legs and everything. It was really quite sophisticated. Um, Are you sure you weren't auditioning for the role of Gollum? It was, yeah, I had to put a whole heap of ping pong balls all over my body. <laughs> Um, but thankfully could, I'd already brought like a bodysuit anyway, so it was I, fine. I could imagine you as a golem. You already kind of look like a golem. Wow, this is just really d- straight to the heart. Today. I meant that in a good way. You mean that I could be as successful an actor and director as Andy Serkis? No, no, I don't know who, the play, who they played it, but the actual character of Gollum. I think, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if it was a real life version, it'd be a good one. I mean, when you read the book, he's kind of the hero. Because he's the one that drops the ring into the lava, so yeah, and you're a bit clumsy and goofy and stuff like that. And yeah, and eat constantly like wanting to fish. be loved. Yeah. <laughs> Full disclosure: I've never seen any of the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, um, I think that's evident. Um, See, so you didn't want all this detail about my running. You got distracted. Of course, I'm. Get- I wanted both. I wanted to be distracted and hear and you it. wanted to call me Gollum. Yes. I, I I was just yeah I was, what did you do tell a story where I could just you know make fun of you of course and that's, <laughs> that's our dynamic like you had a you had a bung knee and you couldn't run properly of course I'm gonna want every detail of that please go on um anyway so uh, she had a look at the um, running gate and and had some suggestions about how I um, could adapt uh, the, the movements I was doing and so I have since been kind of retraining myself how to run with a slightly different like posture and it seems to have improved a bit so can you give me yeah. a can you give me a quick demo uh i don't know how feasibly Wait, you can you, do it are you consciously running differently yeah yeah so can i please see well i don't i i can't i can't do the run but i can show you the leg the leg position okay so, pre okay. Yeah. So basically, the problem was, uh, my knee wasn't staying straight when I ran. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, it, I was like, it was kinking out halfway through, and that was causing strain on my knee. Right. What, why is that? What, what, I'm just, just imagining it. It's so comical, but go on. It, it's not like I was 
fucking like chicken running. In my head, know? you're just running like one of those inflatable car things, and it's yeah. like that's how you run. But go on. Old joke. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it wasn't like I was doing fucking hurdles or. <laughs> okay. But um, so and you're not. You're honestly not going to be able to see it. But um, just try me. So just try instead, me. Instead, I have to like actively try and put my leg, at, like my foot up to my butt more. Yeah. So it's more like that kind of motion where it's like almost like a horse like counting <laughs> for a mathematician yeah. in the mud yeah. it's kind of like yeah. s- like a scrapey up kind of yeah motion yeah that looks really cool man yeah thank you I would love to uh, I would yeah I would love to see you do that for realsies you mean run yeah you just want to watch me go for a run yeah, I want. I want to, and even more than that, I want to go all out and and put put myself in like a old like nineteen forties disguise and hide like with a hat and a trench coat and some sunglasses and, and like a newspaper you know, on a park bench. Exactly. I I were, were they ever a thing? Do you think, or is that just like like it's got to be an exaggeration of something? Yeah, it was That's probably it, like classic classic. I don't know. World War One spying or World War Two spying? Man, it's probably older than Cold that. War. Yeah, you know when was their mass mass printing? Eighteen hundreds onwards. And now, and now we and now we're here. Now we're talking here. about printing. Brilliant. Welcome to Deep Four, everybody. This is a podcast, classic, classic. Just you know. Just one, just one of those regu- regular podcasts. Just two guys talking. Two white guys talking. And you know, I'm it's... half white. Okay, which half? Is it the half, like, the bottom half that we can't see? <laughs> it's the uh, it's the part that I choose to bring out at special occasions. <laughs> when I don't feel victimised enough. Uh, we talk about things. Uh... Sitting through the internet with, with the, 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 uh, Michael Zabrecki. Uh, 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 hi. And my name's Nick. How you doing, Nick? Nobody cares. I get a lot of feedback about, about that, actually. People do care about me, so fuck you. Uh-huh. Well, what's a lot of feedback? Define a lot of feedback. I've had, like, six strong Twitter, Twitter likes in the past couple of weeks. Strong Twitter, Twitter likes. Yeah, just really, just getting, just like a lot of, lot of positive hearts. Do you still post on Twitter? Or, or just or constantly. But who's on Twitter that you're posting to? Donald Trump. He hasn't answered me back yet, but I'm really feeling like I'm getting some momentum up. What have you asked? Hey man, want to hang out? Come pick me up. <laughs> pick me up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's got a lot on his mind at the moment. Yeah, the old uh, Russia shit. You know, just the end of Western mm-hmm. democracy. Yeah, did you just... did you did you see what he said about uh, all that? It was like I didn't say I went, I said would, but I said wouldn't, but I meant would. Just a classic slip of the tongue. Brilliant. He's oh, not it, he's not even trying. It's anymore. so it is fucking brilliant, terrifying. Yeah, it's like genuinely scary. It weirds me out to really. Is it that scary it though? Much. Is it really that scary? Like it everyone, is. everyone knows. It's genuinely the like upset of 
like world order. It seriously, seriously freaks mm. me out. You know, I was thinking today that um, that what is what is worrying is that I was watching a video of of Obama, and I mean, there must be a part of Obama that is loving this because he looks so good. He looks so good now, yeah, and he'll, I don't he'll, know. He'll, He'll be like, no, 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 like, you know, I just want the world, you know, I just want the world to be in safe hands, blah, blah, blah. But there, there's the, the the ego part of Obama must be just like, oh my god, I look like a bloody genius. I mean, but... his legacy is going to be even better than it was. Yeah. Um, as in, sorry, the perception of history of Obama is going to be, you know, hugely positive. Yeah. But the unfortunate thing is that Trump has an active policy to if it was obama and obama did it then we reverse it kind of thing so the practical achievements of a lot of his term have been undone true um so in terms of legacy legacy he hasn't really been able to shape a generation of policy like you know some president um shape a generation of society i should say like some president's policies have um because trump's been very vindictive about it well the other thing is that um you know, if this goes on for long enough, and it's sure to go on for, for you know, another three years or so, that are people, because I've already forgotten what it's like to have like a like someone who is presidential in office, and like it's looking crazy. looking at Obama, and then I'm like, oh my god, like that's what presidents used to be like, like if we get like Kanye 2020 and shit like that, like when it's just like. The scary part is that, like, if it actually does open the floodgates yeah. to that kind of stuff, like, may, it probably won't. But, like, are people going to... Is this going to set in motion that people are going to forget what it's going to... What it was like to have, like, a real presidential candidate? I hope not. But the, the, the sort of the connected issue there as well has been that the Republican Party has... has quite hypocritically just given up trying to enforce the standards and norms of um, presidents previously because they at some point foresaw a benefit in passing a tax law or something like that. But a whole heap of those expectations about what a president should be saying and, and should be doing have been undone because the Republicans in his own party haven't spoken out against that behavior and let it slide. So it's kind of a question of whether everyone in in the GOP will just sort of wake up from a coma after Trump leaves office and go, oh, shit, we still have some morals and and values and we should actually try and enforce them again, or whether it's actually fundamentally changed that. And now, from this point onwards, there's a much more lax standard for what can and and can't be done in that role. Yeah. And the weird thing as well is that I can already foresee whenever the next Democratic... Um, president comes in hopefully 2020 but who knows with russia's still just (laughs) having unfettered election influence um but whenever the next democratic president comes in you can just picture already you know they'll they'll do some kind of minor thing like they'll wear a tan suit you know which was the big obama controversy that everyone was up in arms about oh he he wore like a, a brown suit to a navy meeting or something that was the standard of outrage that they had back then and if uh, a democrat comes into power again and and does something like that like wear a different colored suit i can already hear and picture the right-wing establishment still 
jumping on it like it had any kind of significance, even in the wake of four years of literal like earth shattering kind of yeah. horrors from the <clears throat> Trump presidency. Well, they've got to do something. <laughs> but they that that's it. That's a funny point, and I remember as well where he didn't like fully salute one of the military guys as he got off Air Obama, Force yeah. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that and then, shit. Oh, and then we've ho- got like he was still uh, holding a coffee when he did his salute. That was one yeah, of them. Yeah, and then we've got like Obama, like uh, what's his name, Trump, just uh, blatantly cutting off the Queen and you know, just yeah. pushing his way to the front, and... calling allies enemies. You know, yeah. like it, ridiculousness. He's a he's a funny guy. I love him. I, hmm. He's the best. He is the best. What are we talking about this week? I just sent been a message just as I was setting up here. I was like, any, um, just about to, just to do with the old pod with Nick. Uh, just about to do a quick, quick podcast there with Nick. Uh, have we got any topics? Um, and I just sent that in text form, so. I find uh, that voice offensive. Uh, to who? Just... And he, <laughs> he said, um that he hasn't heard us much talk about and he thinks that we disagree on can humor go for too far and is there is there anything you uh, is there anything sacred that you can't joke about yeah uh it's interesting because i can't really remember whether we've talked about this if we did it was possibly quite early on or passing um, yeah in passing um it's funny because it is one of those mainstays of the comedian podcast or particularly um, Jerry Seinfeld's getting coffee thing. They just talked about it in one episode. Like, oh, you should be able to joke about anything. And for the most part, I think that's true. But at the same time, I think it's also true that a joke can go too far. So let's um, talk, can we just talk about a little bit about Jerry Seinfeld? Sure. So I want to hear about, I want to hear your thoughts on him. Generally. Uh, so you sent me a message that earlier this week because I sent you one a couple of weeks ago about like I love the I love the the show comedians and cars getting coffee I love it but I just really have a personal like a dislike for Jerry Seinfeld because I think that he feels like he's relevant where he isn't and also he cut, he's just so out of touch I just feel anyway I just want I want to hear your thoughts on him. Uh, well, my uh, connection to Jerry Seinfeld is not really one of a fan um, of the work that made him famous. Like, I, I've never really watched Seinfeld. Um, I, I, well, I guess that was that was the big one. Yeah. It's not like after Seinfeld he really walked off into some other kind of meaty roles or anything. His no. his movies were never really big hits. Well, um, B-movie. Well, exactly, but that's what I mean. Um if you look at it compared to like Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who's gone on and done like Veep, Veep and just mm. like found an incredible career doing different roles afterwards. Um, Seinfeld's contribution seems to have been that show, which, you know, is, is groundbreaking in its own way, but I I don't have a connection to it because I haven't really watched it. Right. So when I see him do Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee, it was kind of interesting in the way that um, like the Nerdist podcast was interesting where you could hear two people outside of the realms of um, like traditional interview, just having a chat together. And I like that format quite a lot, but I think 
I've always, as a result, um, had, you know, the various... Um, I've, I've always had a bit of distance between me and Seinfeld. So when he comes out with stuff which is egotistical or um, like quite detached from reality in, in terms of like normal people life, um, it, it, it it's kind of pretty grating to me because mm. I don't have like a built up well of, of affectation, uh, affection for this dude. See, Gervais does a similar thing, but he does it very differently. You know, you know how he talks about his, you know, he talks about his wealth in a particular way. You know, it's yeah. kind of, um, it's 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 gloating, but it's not. But with Seinfeld, I feel like he's, I don't know, I just there, there is a there is a different kind of smugness where where I feel like Gervais is laughing at himself when he's joking about it, and I feel like Seinfeld's not. See, but it's weird because Gervais is talking about his fame and fortune. He is very, he's almost like uh, too on the nose with it. Yeah, like yeah, he'll yeah. say that he's done, he's done, oh, I just did this show because, you know, I'll get a lot of that, um, you know, the, what are the, what are the? Royalties and. Royalties, thank yeah. you. Because um, I'll get a lot of royalties for it or, you know, um, The Office US was a smash hit and I'm still getting like. Yeah the checks to this day and all that kind of stuff. So he kind of just says it to your face and he even admits that his motivation for this stuff is money, which is an interesting thing. And it may or may not be um, entirely true, but that that's kind of his approach. And, and Seinfeld's is much more like, I get the feeling that his, he's kind of in that bubble a little bit. And I think Gervais knows that when he's talking about himself like that, He's aware of the perception of the other person. And I think despite all of his kind of egotism and his relatively minor um, output of the past, you know, five, ten years, he still has quite a real sense of what the audience thinks of the comedian. Yeah. Whether it's when he's doing one of his monologues at like a um, Golden Globes or something like that and pointing fun at people. He knows that his audience is regular people who want to be seeing celebs made fun of. And I think it's true when he's making that joke about his own wealth because it's kind of like wish fulfillment. But when Seinfeld's talking about that kind of stuff, I don't feel like he really knows what regular people think of him. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it was a good, great breakdown. Uh, maybe that's partly because, I mean, Gervais broke quite late. Totally. I mean... Seinfeld, I don't know when he broke for Seinfeld, but even after, I think Seinfeld was about to be canned even in its second or third season. It hadn't caught on. It almost became um, retroactively a, a classic. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't necessarily at the time. So I think maybe, yeah, maybe it happened earlier enough for Seinfeld that he's just gotten used to this kind of lifestyle and this adoration. And that's the thing that pisses me off, man, because. Like, look, he's a good, he's a good comic, but us, like, if you see Larry David's stuff, like, Curb Your Enthusiasm is, is a great show. It's a, it's a, it's a strangely. I remember seeing it for the first time, and, and it just came on, and I didn't know what it was, and I was like, what? Like, this show is just made so poorly. Like, <laughs> that, I'm, I'm just amazed that it that it's happened. Um, but then that's before I had any kind of. Uh, 
introduction to that sort of comedy yeah. and i was just used to other stuff and you really get the sense that in seinfeld like if you go back and i do like seinfeld now but a lot of the stuff you can see is is uh barry david's influence in seinfeld which was you know 50 percent of if not more than seinfeld and you know jerry seinfeld prides himself on being like a really uh clean and um um efficient joke teller and that may be true but um i think he uh it's it's uh it's certainly gone to his head and i also just just feel like his 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 relevancy now is 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 not what he thinks it is and it just it just bugs me a little bit like cuz you know yeah i've said to you before uh, that you know, my, the worst thing that I hate about him is when he's just like, "That's funny, that's funny." You know, when someone tells a joke, it's like, "If it's funny, laugh." <laughs> you know, but he's not laughing. He's so, he's so clinical about it. And comedy, I don't know. To me, comedy should should be, you know, the well, furthest thing of, from clinical. It's a symptom of detachment, isn't it? Yeah, but I, I mean, I I I I don't. That doesn't irk me as much as it clearly irks you. I mean, I, I get it, but at the same time, I imagine he's heard, you know. The the, the thing that I want, just to go back to our compare and contrast of Ricky um, with Jerry, is that I think unquestionably Jerry Seinfeld is a more sophisticated, like, stand-up and comedic, comedic you know in terms of conception of of jokes so i think in terms of actual talent i think that seinfeld's still probably better at pure comedy than gervais is gervais had found a niche in uh the awkward in a way that people hadn't really mined before um but i don't think he has like the kind of practice at like joke formation that someone who spent 15 years in stand-up clubs before breaking really has. And I think Seinfeld, I mean, when you watch that, um, whatever it was talking funny or that, mm. that, that sort of one hour panel thing With that he, Chris and Rock and Louis, Louis C. K. as well yeah. were in, uh, they were all talking about their process and how they'd work and refine jokes for years and, and months and, and, you know, they'd reuse material because they know it works and all this kind of stuff. And Gervais basically comes across as this, like, rookie comedian who's there because his TV show did well, but who's not really a stand-up. But um, he's hosting it as well. As I know. It, it was just, yeah. it was a weird kind of program. But, yeah, um, yeah so I just wanted to, to go back and I say that I think probably on the face of it, Seinfeld is still, like, a better comedian. Um, yeah. But it, my, it does feel yeah. like... Um, in some of the comedians episodes um as in the get coffee episodes um you do notice that seinfeld isn't really part of the real world anymore i don't think well man he's 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 straight up he's hang up he's hung up on the gay thing and he's done he did an episode of comedians in cars um with fred armison and uh, I went. I went back and watched it after his the recent season because the smash there day. Um, but 
uh, there was one, and he's with Fred Armisen. And, well, Fred Armisen's probably about his age. And he's a very progressive kind of guy, though, you know, Fred Armisen. Yeah. Um, and he is, and I think they did it in Portland as well. And so he's t- taking him around to coffee shops and stuff. And, and Jerry Seinfeld's just saying all this stuff, like, about, like, uh, we look, see, look, to other people, we look gay right now. Yeah, we just look gay to people. And Fred Armisen's like, okay, okay. And, um, you know, Fred Armisen's kind of entertaining what Jerry's calling the, the hipster the hipster baristas everywhere and like blah 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 hipster this hipster that and it's just really showing a a lack of understanding i mean if you label anyone that does this really if you start labeling everything hipster right i know what you mean but also it's not it's hipster has become such a lazy person's term for anything that's just a little bit crafty. Yeah. And it's so annoying. Or, or honestly, just like millennial, you know, it's just kind of a, exactly. it, it's a way of uh, dismissing a younger generation's interests or, or priorities. Um, exactly. Uh, but I know what you mean because I, I, I think I had watched that um, Fred Armisen one. And the, the thing with it is w- when your host's making those when the host is making those jokes, the guest kind of has to politely you, you do. engage. Yeah. But it, it's weird because uh, like when I had mentioned it to you, when we were talking about it, we were talking about the Alec Baldwin one in this most recent series where there's basically an extended kind of caricature of a gay man because um, Jerry says, have you ever played a gay guy? Because, you know, I think of you as one of the, like a true gentleman, you know, always wearing suits and, you know, mm. always wear taking cologne. care of yourself yeah. and you wear cologne every day. Yeah. And, and so, you know, have you ever played a gay guy? And I was just yeah. thinking, what, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like <laughs> one yeah. men just take care of themselves these days. And, you know, that's just normal regardless, but two mm. gay people, were the ones to start taking care of themselves before <laughs> yep. it crossed over into like, uh, I don't know, just regular dudes caring about it. It was just like this very strange five minute thing. Mm. And I don't even really fault Alec Baldwin. No, no, but that's, it was just such a, like a strange, um, preoccupation of his. Uh, that's, that's what I wanted to clarify as well with you. When you said that I agreed with you, but I feel like the fault was entire because Alec Baldwin picked up on that and ran with it because yeah, essentially, he was just doing a bit. essentially he was, uh, it was almost like a, a, a backhanded compliment or maybe a backhanded insult. Um, and there was like a, it, it was either laced with compliment or laced with insult or something. It was either laced but, with compliment or laced with homophobia. And it wasn't yeah, really clear which way he was meaning. But, it. Uh, uh, but Alec Baldwin is is an amazing performer, and um, you know I get no sense of homophobia or anything like that from him. And it, maybe he's played gay men, and maybe he's played you know stereotypical gay men and flamboyant or whatever. But yeah. I don't I don't think that in is inherently um, you know a problem. Yeah. Do you? It was it. No, I mean, look, is it? Is it? Can it be lazy to use those kind of stereotypes? Sure, sure. But, but do those you know, but it does... do, do those people exist? Like every if everyone has known someone like that, then yeah, I mean, at a certain really... point, a stereotype latches onto something. Like yeah. people latch onto a stereotype because it, they recognize it as right. something. It's yeah, a shorthand, exactly. right? Exactly. But you know, the question is whether or not if you're using those kind of 
mannerisms or whatever, there's still character underneath it and still right. like a third dimension, and it's not just a shorthand. Yeah. Um. So in that instance, in in that episode, he was basically just from memory riffing a scene that he'd performed in theatre. Yeah. Know? Um. So I didn't really blame him for going into it, but I I just found it a very strange. Uh, yeah. It, it just demonstrated that line between tolerance and understanding or tolerance and, and acceptance where Seinfeld's preoccupation <clears throat> with, oh, these people probably think that we're a couple of gay guys um, mm. is meant as like a wry observation, but really just reveals A, that he thinks that, you know, there's only one type of gay man. Yeah. And B, that any two guys can't hang out together. And, and like, it's it's just... It was evidence of, it's, of a, a prior generation's understanding of the world. Yeah, and it's it's evidence of his his uh, his is bubbleistic a word? Um, no, his his, his, his bubble. Now. Yeah, his his bubbleistic view of the world. You know, um, and uh, did you see the one with Kate McKinnon as well? Because I that did was, watch that one. There was vaguely, I found found him to be vaguely creepy in that. He, I felt like there was a bit of sexual tension, maybe one sided <laughs> sexual. Well, tension I wondered how comfortable Kate McKinnon was. I thought she wasn't. Yeah, because I like I I wasn't sure that she really felt prepared to have a conversation with him, and I, I I'd be curious to know like how yeah what like because i know that there is some, there's some that he says in this season that they don't really know each other that they've they've booked they've booked a comedian or a guest yeah. that they that jerry hasn't really hung out with so it's booked like a night sh- like a, a tonight show yeah where the host is there to do a job and the guest is there to do a thing even if they don't really know each other and that mm. didn't i don't think that was how it felt at the start yeah. it was jerry hanging out with his friends and when it's cross that boundary from hey it's someone that i'm already comfortable with and know the rhythms of and know how to joke to to becoming an interview show well then seinfeld doesn't really have the the strength in that department to keep the interview going or right. to keep things interesting or and natural it's interesting having him have galifianakis as the first one because to me they like i mean i they they seem to be complete ends of the spectrum, like yeah. polar opposites. I uh, with with every passing year, I love Zach Galifianakis more. I, I just think I he's can't, the best man. He I is can't the greatest. Get of him. And and he won't let you get enough of him. I know. Either, which is the best part and it the worst so, part. So so good. But I want like, everything. I also about him. like I I feel genuinely like like a proud parent from afar as his public persona and like talk show appearances have become more and more natural and less caricaturish. And I can feel like he's happy and like, it seems like he's really in a like stable place in his life. Like genuinely, he does. there was yeah. an era where like he was there being yeah. quote unquote, Zach Galifianakis, you know, hangover, you know, weird skits between yeah. two ferns and he was no. uncomfortable, but now mm. you watch him on Conan or something like that, and he's just real chill, and he's smiling, and he's got he's... this show which is fucking unbelievably good. Yeah, and I just feel like this sort of sense of pride, like, oh, Zach, you're just you're just a nice dude. Oh uh, yeah, man, he just seems like the best guy ever. But and, um... and like, I like that. So in his episode of comedians, they go, they're meant to go to one place and have breakfast or whatever. But before they even leave the car park, he's like, hey, do you just want to go eat some donuts in this like weird Asian donut store? 
and they the majority of the episodes just at the place that they weren't intending to be at and they eat about eight donuts together and that <laughs> that felt like it was zach being zach yeah, yeah, and yeah. kind of throwing off jerry's plans a little bit not in a like yeah. not that it went bad but just like i like that it it felt real in that way where some of the other stuff feels very staged yeah Though I um, will say, we've talked about comedians and cars for way longer than I expected. Sorry, but yeah. The um, the Jerry Lewis episode at the end is very good. I haven't seen that, that yet. You haven't. No. Nah. Because that feels like I thought you said you watched it all in a day. I skipped that one because I, I don't know. Oh, look, I, I I I I recommend you have a look at it because for once Seinfeld is deferential. He really genuinely looks up to this dude. It was the last televised appearance that Jerry Lewis had before he died. Really? Um, and it's him in his house, and it's basically Seinfeld just, you know, slobbering over him and talking about the various things that he did and is, like, sh- showing lots of great clips from really early movies. And, yeah, it was just genuinely a different vibe because he was looking up to this dude. And for once, that sort of smug egotism fell away because he actually felt like he wasn't better than the person he was speaking to. Well, that's definitely something I want to see. Mm. Did you want to did you want to talk about like the line in Club yeah. comedy and stuff? So to circle back to the original question that Ben posed, is there a line, are there subjects that are off limits and is there a line that you can cross where a joke goes too far? Um I think yes. Uh there are jokes that go too far, but I don't think there are topics that are off limits. And I think the distinction is the target of the joke. And so a joke can go too far if it's punching down, basically. If it's making fun of uh, a minority in a stereotypical way or a racist way or, uh, you know, if the target of it is wrong. Um, But that doesn't mean that you can't joke about gay people or about cancer or about, you know, child abuse or whatever it is. Is it the target the or subject... the intention? Well, if the intention doesn't match the target, then you've told a bad joke. Right. If you're, if you're intending to make fun of one person, but it actually doesn't land and, and people interpret it the other way, then you haven't told the joke. Probably. Now, if, is it, if, it's, if it's funny, right? And, and I'm, I think that there, there is an implicit, like the, the audience... Uh, will will be able to tell whether a joke is funny or not, and it might be. I I mean, implicitly, I think if you are punching down, the joke is going to be less funny. But um, I think, I mean, I wouldn't be able to give any examples, but I think as a blanket rule, um, if a joke is funny, and if it's well thought out. And if the intent is not malicious, then surely anything's up for grabs. Yeah, I agree with that. Solved. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, I I don't think we can say it any better than that. If, if If you're aiming at the right person and the joke's funny, uh, then you can talk about anything. Yeah. So could you, could you joke about rape? If you're aiming at the right person and the joke's funny. If you're aiming at the right person. <laughs> okay. Let's not get into that <laughs> trap. Um, have you watched Nanette yet? No. It has been quite a 
quite an international. Uh, I'm scared. I'm scared to watch it. To be honest, what scares you about it? The fact that you won't like it. I feel like <laughs> this is horrible. But I feel like I feel like I'm gonna. I'm. I feel um, like I'm being made fun of because I. I. I don't know what it's about, but I so, just feel like I'm. I'm. I'm on the other side of the thing. Yeah. So you um. <laughs> You're saying that there are, are jokes that are probably off limits? No, 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 no definitely not. I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, it's probably, uh, I just feel, I don't know, it sounds stupid, but um, I feel like, as, as like, I feel like because I'm a straight white male, I'm going to, I'm like, going to be the subject of a like jokes there or something and so i'm like oh, i'm gonna avoid that <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I don't it's just have... gonna be like ragging on like straight white males and we get bored of that well, i don't want to like have to confront the perceptions of other people in society not if it's gonna make me feel bad <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> you should definitely yeah. watch it i mean nah, don't I mean, go I'll... into don't go into it watching it for like a stand-up comedy special this goes for everyone at home as well you should watch nanette it's on netflix um it was a special by hannah gadsby gadsby um, which has really had some international acclaim and buzz won edinburgh fringe festival awards and all kinds of things um but you should go into it like it's like you're listening to a talk by Stephen Fry almost where it's like it's funny along the way but it's also more storytelling sometimes than jokes Uh, and just be prepared for it rather than being like say a Jimmy Carr set where every three seconds is going to be a one-liner but it's really it's genuinely worthwhile and it is still genuinely funny but it's just worth knowing that it's it's not a traditional stand-up set I think the uh, yeah the only thing I've um yeah i haven't found a time that i've been in the zone for that because i know that it, i knew that it was going to be heavy hitting yeah um yeah so i will oh. get around to it i've added it to my my list on netflix which shows that i'm a very progressive white male yeah yeah um, you have basically so... you've basically done the hard work now. hey i've added that to my my list on netflix yeah oh have you watched it? You're... Very, no, not yet, but not yet. I have every intention of doing so. How many things on your my list? Way too many, like probably 80. There's quite a few. It's hard. They don't make it easy enough to cull it. Yeah, and, and the, the thing which irritates me about the my list as well is that if you've finished a series, it'll still hang around on my list. Like stupid. you can't be com- completing it. You know, I've, yeah. I've watched all the good place. Don't show it to me anymore until you've got some new episodes. I don't need to see it again. They should put Frasier on there. What? <laughs> Sentiment tweet. I'd watch every episode of that. Did you really love The Good Place that much? Like, everyone keep raving about it, and I was like, well, that's kind of lame, though, isn't it? I do like The Good Place, yeah. I'm not joking. There is a guy stopped on his on his bike, and he's looking at me out the side of the window right now. Take off your pants. He's not looking away. This is so weird. Stand dude. up and take off your pants. Wait, hold on. This is so weird. He keeps looking at me. Take my off God. your pants. Did he just? Oh my god. Dude, he is. He just waved and he's ringing the doorbell. What? 
Okay, you have to go answer. Go answer. Go answer. Go answer it. Go 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 answer. No. Oh, dude, I'm scared. Go, Michael. You can't leave our listeners hanging. He's all beardy. Michael. He's got a bike hat. It's an Uber Eats. (laughs) Michael, go answer the door. Oh, fuck. Fine. Hold on. Michael has left the room for the last time. Future policemen will examine this moment closely as we discover exactly what happened to him on that fateful night. He's descending the stairs after cautiously peering over the balcony and is now completely out of shot of the camera. Scientists would later have pieced together the events of that evening with high-tech forensics, DNA cross-profiling, psychological studies, and eventually the testimony of the murderer. He's alive. He's alive. Oh, everyone. You can calm. He's alive. He's back in the room. He's giddy. Okay, so apparently he was an Uber Eats guy. Was he actually? Yeah, but he had like a goatee and he was scary. I said it was an Uber Eats dude. I guess that. He he was like waving at me. Well, yeah, because was there a delivery? Like was someone expecting Uber Eats at your house? Yeah. Well, that's probably why. Yeah, well, it, it was why, but it was very scary. Like, don't wave to me. I've got... Oh, my God, he's still there. <laughs> I'm... Hmm. Why are you so unnerved by him? Is he looking at you still? No, he's gone now, but he... He, like, he waved at me on the street and then doubled back and then waved at me again as if to come down. So it felt very serious. He's like, I, in my head, I was like, come down and seek this body in the creek that I just killed and dumped. <laughs> That's what, that was my first thought. Well, luckily, <sighs> you didn't have to see another body in the creek. <sighs> another one. Um, I've been feeling, you know, just a little bit lost of late, you know, a bit aimless. And yeah. I guess I... I Look, I looked on Wikipedia for some self-help, but it hasn't really got me anywhere. But I do know how to tie an amazing reef knot. Um, So I guess I'm just hoping that I might be able to get some help from my clues, horoscopes, my keys, horoscopes, horoscopes! Very loud. I wonder what my roommates were thinking. Um... Lucky's horoscope. It's been a wee while, um, but for listeners playing along at home, uh, you know, sometimes we need to look beyond the planes of our existence to really understand what we're meant to be doing in life. Great call. And I find it easiest to pursue that exploration of knowledge through three main topics. Um, we have, you know, the questions of money and and investing and savings and we, we, we call that finance and then there's the questions of love and relationships and we call that romance and then there's the question of what do you put on the bottom half of your body I guess that's just pants the big three finance, romance and pants 
Michael has entered a spiritual realm, and uh, I'm eagerly awaiting his return so that we can we can see what he has brought from the other side. Hello. Oh, he's back. Hello, Michael. It is not Michael. No. Oh gosh. I bring Michael. I took him from other side. I don't know how to feel about this. It is uh, not racist. It's not racist. <laughs> okay. If well, then I'm fine. No, I'm fine. It's, no. It's... I come from no country that you know of. I think you're just a generic white grandmother. I am no... With no specific, you know, racial overtones. My name is Matthew. Hilda. Oh, I'm going to have to do a new title if that's the case. I thought it was Marcus Hilda from the fourth dimension. Okay. Wow. Um, what uh, what horoscope are we receiving information for? Michael, it's fine. Don't worry about him. I will be in control this evening. I just have to say, uh, as a... Um, as a fan, it's great to have Adam Sandler here with us tonight. Yes, no, no Adam Sandler. Why you don't my mother? What you want to know? Okay, just to be doubly sure, there's no. This is just a white grandmother. Is that no. correct? There's no. I no am other... Mathilda from the fourth dimension. Right. Ask me anything you want, up to three questions, or add new tokens. Really uncertain about this accent. It's uh, okay. It's okay. It's okay to be uncertain. So is it a lisp? It's a little it's bit of a, a lisp. A little bit of just a lisp. Sagittarius. Yes. Uh, what have they got looking forward to in the finance stakes? Oh, Sagittarians. Oh, yes. I do love the Sagittarius. Uh, <laughs> Nicholas, don't make me laugh. <laughs> Yo, I pay, I charge by the hour. Uh, even though money needs nothing to me, because I'm from the fourth dimension and I don't care about money, but I do. Uh, when I come back to Earth, I do care about money. So, uh, so this is basically just Happy Gilmore now. Is this the? <laughs> is this the? This is the character we're going for. Uh, but what was your question? The Sagittarians, what should they do with their money? Yes. Right. Okay. So, Sagittarians, you... Hmm, let me think. Hmm, oh, I am getting so many mixed signals. Wow. Wow, what a lot of signals. Okay. So, Sagittarians... Do you need me to stall for any longer just so you can think of something to say? Or... I am not stalling, even though it may seem like I'm stalling. I am not. I am actually just receiving messages. So you have plenty of things to say. You're just ready. <laughs> you could say anything right now. If I you could wanted say to. anything. You could, give, you could just give us, you know, some finance advice for Sagittarius. I could. I could. could. I could. I could, yeah. You have that ability. I could. I have you any. could jump in. I have yeah. all the abilities. No more stallings needed because obviously you have <laughs> like just like a funny joke or just like a quick, just like something to make this worthwhile. Yeah, it's, it's completely separate to stalling. Okay, so Sagittarians, um, let me t- let me tell you that you, what you should do is um, stop spending all of your money 
on lunch. Pack your lunch. Pack your lunch. Make at the start of the week on the Sunday. Uh, you should um, make lunch for the Monday, for the Tuesday, for the Wednesday, for the Thursday, for the Friday. You're on the, on the Saturday, you can order the Uber Eats, okay? Uh, but on Sunday, you can, well, on Sunday is up to you. You That's a that's a line call. And then what they call a line call, <laughs> uh, you can either, you can either pack your lunch or, uh, you can, What's... um, you can order Uber Eats. Uh, but that's... Did a... you, just to be clear, it was, did you... Like attend Wimbledon recently, or, or like the World Cup. Where, where are you picking up this kind of sports lingo? I use a lot of sports terminology, Nicholas. Okay, so yeah. I got to second base the other night. Well, I used that one too. Actually, that's a good one. Yeah, that's very that's a very versatile analogy. Um, <laughs> uh, we also use a lot of home runs and hole in ones. Okay, so uh, brilliant. It's nice that so many of your predictions are so successful. Uh, tell me something about romance. Well, romance, you should... Uh, what you should do is... Uh, no hand jobs, okay? for dry, That's why they call it Dry July, okay? So, no, no hand jobs for Dry July uh, because, well, the clue is in the title. Uh, you know, uh-huh. don't want to be too dry. You want to keep it for, uh, for moist August, because a lot of S's, two S's in the word August. Uh, so you want to so save, save your lubricant and save your moisture for August. But in dry, in July, keep it dry, people. I stopped enjoying this. Um, do you want me to bring, me do you want me to bring Michael back? Yeah, maybe, maybe, and then we can just we can touch on the last uh, t- touch on the last topic. Because I can bring him back anytime I want. Sure, let's um, let's try and connect back to Michael. Okay, Michael, Michael, are you ready? What? What? Michael, your friend Nicholas wants you again. He's sick of me. Nicholas. Oh, oh Nick Shader. Oh. Man, I'm so dreary. What does he want? He wants you to talk to him about the rest of the horoscopes. He's not happy with me. <laughs> that Nick. Did he get did he get pissed off about did you say something vaguely racist? It's probably that voice probably actually, because you Alright. Put him on. I'll come back now. Well hello <clears throat> Nick, what's up, man? <clears throat> oh, you know, just wondering how much of this to leave in the podcast. Dude, that was some weird shit, man. Like, shit. Shit, man. That shit was just weird. Yeah, eh? that was fucking crazy, man. What? Shit. That was like some weird... I guess I just have one question. Yeah, dude. What's up? Sagittarians. Pants. What should they do with pants? Wear wear them. Well, oh, wear shorts. I think you'll find that they need to stay the fuck away from pants. Was that... Did, Did Mathilda tell you that? Um, I I tried to disengage with her quite early on. She is a bit of a dick. Um, yeah. She's first of all, she's I can't tell if she's racist or not, or um, or she's like that's where she's just like hamming it up, or she's like one of those like old like timey kind of like nineteen thirties actresses that never really quite made it. Uh, but either way, she's very off putting. Um, I, I thought she was like. 
a grandmother that was part of the gold rush. Like she'd yeah. really, she'd had some long days out like panning for gold in the river yeah. and long nights with laudanum and whiskey. Yeah. And it just started to affect her brain a little bit, but also distinctly white. Yeah. That was the, well, that was the one main yeah. takeaway I was picking up was how white she was. Yeah, me too. Um, but I do give her two, three minutes tops. And then seriously, you need to find an excuse to leave that conversation. Right. Okay. Because that is, that is a, uh, there's a can of worms there, my friend. That's a, that's just a, a poison chalice. No, you don't want that. You don't want that. Anyway, she's gone now, I think. Great. Great. If you've enjoyed this. Which you have. Which you have. Great, great news. There are so many other episodes and I can, I can promise you Mathilda is in none of them. <laughs> She'll be back. She'll be back. So feel feel (laughs) just immense gratitude at the one appearance canonically of Mathilda in this podcast. Um and uh and enjoy some of the others. You can find them at deepfort.com. No, you can't. You can find them at deepfort.podbean.com. You can find them on iTunes or the podcast player of your choice. And you can find our page where there's all kinds of interesting chit chat at facebook.com slash deepfort, twitter.com slash deepfort. And, you know, if you're around the place, give us five stars. You know, make them look good. To be fair. Send your questions to deepfort at gmail.com. Yeah, please do that. As Ben did, great question, which we never got to. to oh, we to did. A personal text. <laughs> what? Yeah. As a text message. That's fine. Uh, if you want to text Michael, text him on 0422. I don't know your phone number. That's, that was wrong. You got the first two digits right, though. Well, well the... yeah, those are the easy ones. To be fair, you did summon her. I don't think that's true. You did. Well,. When I started the Mikey's horoscope segment, I just assumed that Mikey would be the one doing the horoscopes. Um, yeah, I mean, if you assume, it makes an ass out of you and me, doesn't it, Nick? Exactly. <laughs> You're the me in that sentence. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I gotta put gotta put um, Adam Sandler's grandmother to bed incidentally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, who who uh, who moved out of your flat? Steph's uh, gone, or is no, so leaving? Steph's, Steph's uh, in the process of moving back to her home down of Bendigo. Hmm. Um, so we've got a new guy in who's whose whose name is Michael, aka Big Dog. Um, <laughs> Literally on his on his um, on his uh, flat application. No, no, no. Uh, well, kind of on his interview. Um, Britt and I interviewed him, and and we said, uh, "Do you have any nicknames?" And he said, he said, "Well, uh, maybe Big Dog." But um, he, we found out in hindsight after talking to him since, he just made that up because <laughs> <laughs> he wanted something to say, and he was kind of like kind of hoping something would stick. Um, yeah. And so obviously we we got that Have guy you in. Supported him. Oh, are he, you calling him Big Dog? Uh, everyone has not stopped calling him. Uh, not stopped calling him Big Dog. That's he, awesome. He is known as Big Dog, and obviously he's <laughs> yeah. No, he's regretting a, it or loving it. Uh, he's actually he's actually hilarious. Alrighty, uh, good to chat. 
I um, I don't know actually if I will see you next week. Probably not. Why? Just, well, because I am off to Radiohead next week. You're so, going to America. Yeah. Next week. Yeah, next Friday. Holy shit! So I'll be yeah. I'm off next Friday, and then the Tuesday after that. So two weeks yesterday is the concert. Dude, that's so fucking exciting. Yeah, it's cool. Fuck I'm, you. I am enjoying it. So how long are you going? Are you going to any other places in America? Yeah, I'm doing ten days. Um, so it's five in Philadelphia, and then I think five days or... in Philadelphia. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, I get in early because part of the thing is my dad's going over as well. Um, and so he's leaving on the Friday so that in terms of the days that he's missing, he's only missing a week of work. So he gets in on the weekend before. I hadn't really expected to get there as early before the concert. Um, but given the way that that worked out, I, I'm leaving the same day as he is. So then it's it's like three days in the lean up, or four days really before the night of the concert. And then I go on the Wednesday to Portland, Oregon and spending four days in Portland um, and then back back home via Christchurch or wow. by Auckland, I should say. Um, Huge. So yeah, it, it'll be um, just the two cities in 10 days, which I think is a kind of reasonable taste test kind of time. But Portland will be amazing. Yeah, I was excited. I, I could The other one that I... Cause, I wanted to go to a city which was a little bit different to Philadelphia, and I hadn't been to it, obviously, but I had a bit of a mental picture. And the only other one I was looking at um, was Chicago, but I decided it was probably going to be similar-ish in terms of scale, if not culture. Um, and I thought that Portland was going to be slightly more distinct. So, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and plus that's the other side of the country, so in terms of the return. Oh, really? already done. Are you flying there? Uh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't know where they are. Where Philadelphia no. so is. Phil- Philadelphia's on the east coast, basically, one state, two states down of New- like from New York, Washington, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. And then um, Portland's on the west coast, so it's kind of northwest. Um, and so, if uh, uh, yeah, if you go from Philadelphia over to Portland, then you're cutting six hours out of your return flight back to New Zealand because you you're going the right way back. Right. Gotcha. So it was, yeah, just a nice kind of stop in between. Yeah, sweet. So where do you go for that? Uh, next Friday, I leave. Next Friday. Very exciting. Yeah. Cool. Uh, 